You are listening to The 945 Show on WFNULP 94.1 FM and podcasted everywhere. Local music from the Twin Cities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 945 show here on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio, or maybe you are listening to us in the future on any of the great podcast platforms out there, including Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer, uh, Amazon Music. We're on that now as well. Uh, But this is going to be a great show. Like I said, I am Mike Resendez. My guest today is the one and only Graybeat. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on again, Mike. No problem. Now, we you have a lot of things going on. We've talked uh, just a little bit off air about uh, what's happening. Uh, you've been busy doing your, your stuff, doing your music, uh, and making yep. sure people have uh, access to... Uh, everything that you're doing mm-hmm. is you are yeah. an open book when it comes to your music, <laughs> which Definitely. is good because it gives uh, listeners and people who love music uh, a good kind of behind-the-scenes look at everything that's going on. Cool. I definitely try to do that, Mike. I appreciate that you've been following me along. It's been a fun adventure since the last time we talked, for sure. Right, and we're going to get into that. Uh, first, I want our listeners on the radio station side of things to know that if they want to get a hold of the radio station or if they uh, just want to check us out, go to WFNU.org. You can contact us there. You can catch us streaming live 24-7. You can also catch us on all of the streaming, or uh, excuse me, all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, we also have a schedule of all of our shows on WFNU.org, so you can find out when some of your other favorite shows besides this one are on. Uh, And uh, you can check us out there. We also have an app. You can take us anywhere you are in the world. If you go to the Live 365 app, download that in your favorite app store or Google Play Store. And then if you favorite WFNU, you can take us anywhere. You can hear us from coast to coast and anywhere around the world that you have an Internet connection. The power of... The internet, Robin, is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You learn something new every day, I think. Yeah, now speaking of internet, let's start off by talking about, uh, we're going to talk about the live stream you did with Melodic Noise and uh, North Innsbruck, uh, but you've been doing a lot of uh, your own live streams um, on Facebook. Definitely. Um, and you're promoting it uh, on Twitter and Instagram as well. But you're also you put out a lot of teasers, uh, your teaser videos. Mm-hmm. There's uh, in the mm-hmm. in these live streams, it's you in the in the bottom right hand corner, and then you've got a great video yeah. element to go along with with everything. So tell us uh, one: when can we catch you on your live streams? What platform are you on? And and let's break down what goes into mm-hmm. the elements that are involved with it. Great. So, yeah, this is something that 
is almost completely come to fruition since the last time we talked. So Elemental Rhapsody came out. I knew I wanted to do a live show. At the time, I thought it would be more of an in-person live show, um, but in reality, that wasn't possible. So uh, instead, I converted it to a live stream here from my studio. It's on every Thursday, uh, and it's on at 6 p.m. Central Time here. Um, I do various programs every week, try to mix it up. Um, if you have been following me since the beginning here, which was a, only a few months ago, um, you would have seen kind of the progression of the live show develop. Uh, since it was just a real abstract concept uh, six months ago, um, you know, I wasn't really sure how it would all proceed. And, you know, uh, some of the videos, I don't know if they're out there of the initial uh, <laughs> broadcast. I know I had things really set up uh in a very different way from how i do now um but at the time i was thinking i would do something in between uh live instrumental performance improvisation um and sort of like a dj live remix of uh, my music from elemental rhapsody and it's really turned out to be exactly that um you know like i said i didn't know how it would work out and and since you know it's worked out in a in a pretty short amount of time, but I have uh, live real time graphics that are programmed to run in sync with the audio that I'm producing live and in real time. Um, so not only is there sort of the live interactive audio component uh, that I'm broadcasting, I'm also syncing up some really kind of innovative uh, computer graphics and visuals uh, to enjoy um as well and so you know um the last couple of weeks for example i've come out with uh the ninth and final song for this uh series of live uh songs element g i call it element g live because it is the live version all of these songs are different versions of uh the songs really entirely from the original. You'll hear some different components that are familiar, but they'll all go into a different realm, um, which is a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I've played Element G uh, twice over the last couple of weeks, but if you go back and, and watch and listen to the debut version of Element G from a couple of weeks ago and the one I just did last night here, um, you know, you'll see um, that they're different versions uh, of the song, uh, audio and graphics, they go in different directions. Um, and that's really the fun of this live show and kind of the, uh, idea that I had in mind when I wanted to incorporate some sort of, uh, live in improvisation, um, but also, um, sort of the, um, I suppose the mentality of a DJ at the same time. Um, the graphics really are, were a nice surprise. <laughs> now they do add uh, a lot of cool uh, visuals to to each song. Do they now? Do the visuals react to what you're playing? So if you change up tempo or change yeah. up, and it, does mm -hmm. it change the, the speed and the, what we're seeing, or change the actual visual itself? Yeah. Not only do I tend to tweak some of these uh, visuals uh, and songs each week, um, which tends to lend to the variation, but they're programmed to be varied. Um, and so 
Well, I'm not necessarily paying attention to the graphics that I'm broadcasting um, that are being created live and in real time as I play the songs. Um, I have certain math and coding that is baked in uh, that's triggered by um, the decisions I'm making as far as how I'm playing the song that night. Okay. And that will affect... Uh, the graphics and every song I sort of have a, a different method that I use or variety of methods that I use um, uh, to incorporate that sort of live real-time improvisation into not only the audio, but the graphics. Awesome. Because I know, and also with each song, you have like a different set of graphics for each one. Like the graphics for rocks is not the same for some of the no. other songs. Uh, which Correct. Is- Visually, it looks pretty sweet when that when that occurs because then you're you don't really nice. know what to, you're gonna get, um, and it keeps keeps everything fresh. So it does. Yeah, yeah. Now, was that that a, was the idea. Yeah, was that a software mm-hmm. system that or or a, a program that you wrote, or was that something somebody else did for you, or how did how does that come along as far as like the coding side of things and getting something like that yeah. put together? Um, no, I, I use software that is available, um, and it uh, is a, a graphic software called Touch Designer. Um, now, this is a, a type of software that can be used for a variety of purposes, um, but uh, it actually hooks up really well with um, uh, something called Ableton Max for Live for the audio um, which has some innovative uh, sort of improvisational audio features that I utilize. Um, so it, it all come, came together really well. I just happened to have been doing some Python courses and taking those over uh, Coursera um, uh, earlier in the year and uh, without having known that this touch designer uses Python. And so it was it was a learning curve for me to use this touch designer, but I, I got over it fairly quickly. Yeah, it's kind of one of those nice, nice things that kind of happens <laughs> naturally when you're learning something, <laughs> and then you pick something else up, and you're like, "Oh, I know how to use this. This is going to be easy." Yeah, <laughs> I, it was an amazing uh, moment of serendipity, I would call it for sure. <laughs> and I realized that. Yeah, I was like, "Holy cow, yeah, this is going to be great." <laughs> takes a lot of the stress out of trying to figure out exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> yep. Now, do yeah. You- Doing yeah. these live streams, has that uh, helped you as far as getting like a set together or knowing what you want to do uh, when you actually get to play live um, in a venue in front of a crowd, you know, as far as what you want to put up visually and, and how you're going to uh, perform the song yeah. as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even though I didn't expect to start out doing a live stream versus an in-person performance for Greybeat, um Either way, I didn't necessarily have a perfectly crystal clear idea of how it was going to turn out. Um, I know kind of the excitement and um, energy that I wanted to incorporate into the show. Um, And I knew I wanted it to be heavy on a visual component. Um, So I've carried that over to the live stream, uh, just that basic concept. Now, moving it to physical... um, you know, it'll be easier now to do that than having to do, I guess, both things at once, figure out my show and how it's going to play out um, and all the technological sort of software side things I'm doing. 
to create the show, um, but also, uh, you know, worry about the whole transportation and venue and setup and the rigmarole of putting together a whole uh, show in a venue, you know? So, right. um, you know, I've been able to really iron out a lot of, uh, you know, I guess some uh, hiccups and different roadblocks and things that can come up when you're trying to incorporate all these different technologies together. And so hopefully it should be a little more streamlined of an approach uh, when that comes about. Right. So you're guaranteeing a hundred percent flawless show than live is what you're saying. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal. Yeah. yeah. we getting some practice under my belt. It's getting uh, smoother every time. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, you did uh, this live stream. Uh, it was, through Melodic Noise Media, uh, which is a, a local um, online uh, media uh, music musician review slash promotion type uh, website, does a great job here in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. as far as helping promote uh, live local music or just local music in general from every genre. Um, and they put together these live streams, um, and they kind of come in blocks, so they'll do like five or six at a time you know, every Friday night at seven o'clock, um, on their YouTube channel. Uh, but I, I'm asking everybody to go check out melodic noise media. Uh, it'll be worth your time. Uh, so you did a live stream with, uh, North Innsbruck a couple weeks ago. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. And you also raised some money for a charity as well. So tell us about that as well. Yeah, that was a great experience and yeah, it definitely, um, started out Back when I was uh, getting the show uh, initial ideas together here earlier uh, in the year, a few months back, and uh, contacted Melodic Noise about it, um, I was really grateful for North Innsbruck to uh, join me on uh, the adventure. Uh, we did manage to get a great show together uh, back on November 6th, and there is a uh, bootleg version of it available on my Bandcamp page, uh, graybeat.bandcamp. All the proceeds from the show that we've gotten so far and any future ones uh, will just be going towards the Children's Grief Connection in St. Paul, which is a great charity, uh, really designed to uh, you know, provide some uh, mental and emotional health support for families and especially kids that are uh, going through trauma due to the loss of a loved one, uh, which, of course, is an important issue uh, today. And so, yeah, um, that was great. And uh, we we did manage to pull it off, so it was exciting, and uh, uh, it all it was a a, a great uh, hopefully uh, idea really of uh, what I would like to do more of in the future as well. Right. All right. You're listening to the 9:45 show on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. I am Mike Resendez, your host, and I have Gray Beat with me, a.k.a. Robin. Uh, now, we were just talking about that live stream. Did you get to watch a lot of, because North Innsbruck opened up for you, so were you able to watch a lot of uh, his performance before you went on, or were you busy getting yeah. everything ready on your end? <laughs> no, I was all set to go uh, right here. Um you know, uh, ready to play at any drop of a hat. Um, I was watching and uh, cheering along. So that was a actually a really nice part of it. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to force yourself to sit down maybe and like watch some of these cool live streams that people have done, um, you know, but 
um it's it's nice uh and relaxing like it was it was a very memorable time you know i wasn't there in person but uh i kind of felt like i was to be honest and uh and it was really fun seeing him pull his show together too it worked out well yeah no he had uh well all of the live shows um that they that they do the live streams that melodic noise does it's it's fun to watch because all of these uh musicians are doing it from their house right now because of where we're at uh, with the pandemic and it's a lot of, you know, like people in their basement or sitting on their couch in their living room. Um, you know, it's just, it kind of invites you into their element, which makes them more comfortable because they're, you know, they're sitting in their living room or they're jamming out in their basement. Um, you know, you're, you were probably sitting in that chair that you're sitting in right now. And I know, you know, North Innsbruck is in his basement and he's got, you know, DJ Bionic right next to him, you know, so he's in his element. So it, you could tell he was in a flow and you were in a flow. Uh, is, did you expect, like, were you comfortable and did you expect to be that comfortable uh, knowing that you were going to be doing this? You know, you've done mm-hmm. live streams before, but this is, you know, mm-hmm. it feels different because it's with another organ or, you know, group or, you know, like with melodic noise. Did you feel that you felt more comfortable or did that just not even play Hmm. into it? Cause it was just like doing a live stream. Yeah. Um, comfort plays into it. I would definitely say I felt comfortable, um, as to kind of the thrill and excitement, uh, that, you know, any musician might feel before they're going on stage. Um, I still had that, you know, so however someone might deal with that as an artist, Right. Whether they just let the the heart race and just like, all right, here we go, you know, uh, or if you have some sort of like ability to like kind of create calm and and go with the flow that way, you know, whatever that is, I you know personally I still feel that uh, same experience, um, even maybe uh, to some extent a little more, um, you know. Right now I'm streaming to four platforms simultaneously plus my website so um you know whereas maybe if i was playing for uh the coffee shop down uh the street um i might not you know feel that amount of trepidation or excitement or thrill um as you know uh knowing that i'm beaming across the internet you know who knows who's watching you know and uh, it, it feels a little different. Like I'm actually broadcasting, uh, you know, across uh, communication fiber optics here. Where, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, in the coffee shop, I know, <laughs> you know, who's, who's there, you know, probably some people that are there every week, but um, yeah, you know, so, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of used to that as a, um, you know, in my past as a musician uh, playing in, uh, live shows and, you know, big audiences sometimes, uh, you know, so I'm, it's, it's normal. Actually, it's been nice to kind of have that feeling back. Yeah. If you're doing it at home, you don't have the distraction of somebody ordering a double white mocha with uh, skim milk and no whip. Either, so. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how that would be if you're like way in your element, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're grinding coffee beans. Or... <laughs> we could try that. Yeah, the espresso machine steaming milk or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to make, you know create a really authentic experience here on the live stream. Right there, you go. Yes, you know. have uh, someone in the background trying to distract you, you know, banging pots and pans or yelling at your game or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'd be kind of ring the doorbell. Yeah. Yeah. 
now, uh, tell us uh, again uh, your social media where people can find you um, online uh, so they can find these streams on Thursday at uh, 6 o'clock Central Time. For sure. So I guess I would just recommend uh, Googling or using the search engine of your, search engine of your choice, uh, typing in one word, G-R-A-Y-B-E-A-T, Graybeat, uh, and then music uh, as well. And either way, you'll pull me up. Uh, hopefully, maybe just pull up uh, my website. should be the first one that shows up, graybeat.com. But from there, you know, um, if you're looking at Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, you know, SoundCloud, uh, MixCloud, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those are going to be my handle is gray beat music all one word um with the exception of mixed cloud where i took off the music part but uh for the most part uh if you link from my website you shouldn't have any problem uh hooking up with me on any of those channels and uh hopefully just maybe setting that little reminder button so that uh you can see what i'm posting and keep up uh with me you know maybe somehow right yeah because you're, you're doing a lot of stuff it seems like every day something brand new is coming out so with the uh, gray beat music, um, I want to talk about, so you've done some, some redos of some songs, uh, air busking, uh, was released today. Um, and we were talking about, um, you you've been releasing songs as like a singles themselves as elemental rhapsody has come out. Uh, so tell us a little bit, uh, about that approach. Um, and, and what can we hear, um, on this version of air busking? Yeah, perfect. So you're going to hear the original version of Airbusking. So there's audio is not any different. Um, now, my live stream, are, you'll, you'll hear a different version of uh, Airbusking since that's a live version. But the single that just came out, Spotify, Apple, uh, you know, SoundCloud, uh, Bandcamp, Amazon, Google, etc. Um, that one uh, has some brand new cover art. And basically what I'm doing is highlighting some of the songs from Elemental Rhapsody. Um, I guess that I, you could say were favorites among fans, um, uh, but didn't make the kind of what I would, would call the final top three cut originally when I released the album. Um, I had um, kind of done some research and reached out and tried to get some feedback on these songs uh, from people I, I could know, uh, you know, and trust. And, um, you know, uh, Fisherman's Gambit, Waterlogged, and Rocks ended up being kind of the top three when I did that initial research. So I released those ahead of the album, and now I'm kind of doing, I don't know, I would call it like the the Def Leppard hysteria approach. <laughs> 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 you know, um, you know, just keep coming out with singles even after the album uh, is released. Right. <laughs> but, uh, almost a new cover art. Uh, kind of take some time to revisit the songs more in depth, too, on social media. Right. Now, do you have a, like your version of a, like Fleetwood Mac, Silver Springs, a song that was really good, but didn't make the cut on this album? There were some songs like that actually on, on Elemental Rhapsody that would fall into that category from my earlier EP, Wales okay. Trip. Um, okay. So some of the songs did, did not make the final cut, but then I made them better for the album. Um, since then I've been working on, I had a, um, a bonus track come out. That's a 15 minute, uh, work. That's a remix, not a live remix, like the live songs, but a 50 minute sort of sojourn, uh, into the world of elemental rhapsody from a different perspective, um, which is fun. It's called ancient artifacts and ideal forms. 
Um, but yeah, none really um, in that realm, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. That's always was a story that always got me. When I heard Silver Spring is the first time, that was like, what album is this on? And you find out it was cut from Rumors and then was put back on at a later remastered version of Rumors. So, um, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I'm almost feeling like this is a clean break moment for me, if that makes sense. Really? I have some, <laughs> some vault material. I definitely right. have some sketches that I had worked on in the course of Elemental Rhapsody, but I really almost already went through the process of just kind of in my mind, I've already trashed them. You know, they're still there. Maybe right. someday I'll discover that I, I actually want to go back to those. Um, but uh, yeah, at this point I'm actually looking at, um, you know, it's all brand new material. I'm going in a different direction. Okay. Do you want to give us a hint on what that new direction is? Is it like a continuation of this Graylian story, or is it something totally different? Something totally different. Um, I think you might um, see hints, and um, I'm, you know, maybe there'll be some Easter eggs, um, <laughs> some Graylian Easter eggs. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, uh, those can always exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the moment, um, I've kind of wrapping up that story and um, Greybeat really is what's transforming, um, you know, me as Robin um, with the experiences I have with Greybeat. I want to uh, work on some different styles, um, reach out, uh, get some feedback and uh, hopefully uh, work with some other artists and producers um, and kind of start to uh, explore some different areas I haven't done yet. Um, you know, I've been really insulated so far in what I'm doing, um, and that wasn't without purpose, but now that's going to be the next phase of Graybeat. It's going to be uh, a collaborative phase, um, a, a, a more vocal-oriented phase as well. Okay. Now, is that a little scary if you start branching out? So you, you've, you've established... Graybeat as you know like a heavy electronic style of music and now you're going to start mm -hmm. transferring over to something different um and different mm -hmm. isn't always bad it can be very good yeah. too um and like you just said you're adding vocals too are you worried about it getting to be too far away from where you had started envisioning <laughs> it or or is this just part of the progression and yeah and this is part of like like the comfort we just talked about this is where you're going because this is where you see it happening yeah, it's part of the progression, although I will definitely say um, when, you know, as I've finished up the live show, which really has been my main endeavor with Greybeat since releasing Elemental Rhapsody, I realized I didn't have any clear path in my head as to where I was going. Back when I released my debut EP, Whalestrom, I did, and I knew Elemental Rhapsody was going to be it immediately, um, which is probably a little unusual for an artist, but um, regardless, that's how that one played out. This one, it, you know, I realized it was a lot more of a blank slate moment for me. It was a feeling of there were no clear individual options. I really had to kind of um, look back and see what I had done and sometimes maybe rediscover some of the modes or techniques and things that I had learned along these last four years. And I, I did that and... The other thing was just that, you know, I, I found that a lot of people want to work 
uh, as collaboration these days. And I think that's an element that could really create a completely new and exciting way forward mm -hmm. uh, for me. And uh, also, um, you know, I've had requests for vocals and I do have a background in singing. So, you know, I've been working on setting up a way to produce vocals, you know, and, and, and in a very quality way. Right. Now I saw pictures or I've seen pictures um, from you with that, was it a mini recording booth or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, as soon as mm -hmm. I saw that, I was like, okay, something's going to happen here. He's either going to add <laughs> vocals or he's going to get into voiceover work. One of the two <laughs> or both. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I might as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, because not until I got the vocal booth, I realized that, yeah, this would be perfect. I might as well, uh, go to voices.com here, but right. yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I definitely looked at, uh, you know, using it for singing. Uh, there's a ton of background noise in er, different technical challenges that I think each studio has. Um, and, uh, yeah, this ended up being a really great solution for me and, and it's coming along pretty well. The workflow for recording my own vocals is, is pretty laborious, but, um, <laughs> you know, I just keep telling myself that, you know, this is, you know, I'm just getting into it here. I'm just starting to, uh, get warmed up and figure out uh, how best to make everything sound. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I have no doubts that it's gonna just kind of knock your socks off. And, uh, has it been a while since you've sung on a, in, you know, in a performance or yeah. on, and uh, have you been mm -hmm. knocking off the rust or going back to the old yeah. warm-up days and <laughs> figuring out your, your <laughs> vocal exercises? Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I have a background in vocal, a lot of it is in uh, African music ensemble. Okay. And also as a background vocalist, I was never, I never consider myself primarily a vocalist. But I always believed that everyone could sing, and uh, so don't have any. I've never really had any real problem uh, once I get warmed up. Um, but certainly, that's been the biggest challenge right now is that I wasn't perfectly ready to go on the point vocalist from you know the starting line. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I haven't lost my temper in the studio with myself yet so <laughs> so, so that's good no <laughs> well you'll know you made it if you may if you start yelling at yourself <laughs> right <laughs> it'll probably be like a 4 30 in the morning some like late night recording session no. right yeah no. although no. i would like to challenge you on the no you know you believe everybody can sing i think if i lay down a couple mm -hmm. of lines you'd probably tell me to stop singing right away <laughs> there's no <laughs> amount of auto-tune that can save that <laughs> There we go. Yeah, well, it's a two-sided challenge. I think, um, you know, there's nothing that beats a good take just <laughs> right off the bat. Sure. You know, um, so, you know, that's really one of the nice things. I don't have to worry about, okay, I only have two hours in the studio today and I've got to lay down a track today. I I I am my own biggest critic. I can come back the next day and say this was not good enough. And I can think, well, is this something I can fix on the production side? You know, maybe a little bit I can tweak things, but for the most part, it's really just easier to run in, just do a new take and uh get more practice at singing and singing the song. Right. 
Yeah, and then you can take 47 takes all you want, and it won't, you don't have to feel the pressure of trying to get it done within, like you said, a time frame of yeah. two hours or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, only your hard drive feels that pressure. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, unless it starts to, uh, you know, you get that Windows update right in the middle of one of your sessions. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, let's not even go there. Yeah, Mike. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard, uh, I would, right? you know, talk to a few musicians mm-hmm. who've talked about that Windows update in the yeah. middle of <laughs> trying to get something done. <laughs> and oh, I, I know that feel. I actually had to, I don't know how I pulled it through, but in the middle of one of the high school sports shows, it hit. And that was a scramble, oh. you know, two minutes into the show. And it, I just put it off too long and it just got me. And then it's like, oh, you got to try to remember what the heck I was going to talk about. So. Oh, man. Yeah, so. that's like one of those moments I feel like I would go to, to bed that night and like a sweat still over. Just like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, right. Calm down. Exactly. All right, well, let's uh, let's listen to uh, some more music off of Elemental Rhapsody. Uh, we're going to listen to three. They're probably going to be debut. Actually, they will be debuting here on WFNU for the first time, but one of them has already debuted um, on another podcast um, that I'm a part of, and we'll talk about uh, these songs on the other side. But we're going to listen to Air Busking, and we'll also drop in Airship and then Crucible as well. So you're listening to the 945 show on WFNU, 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio.
All right, we're back on the 945 show on WFNU. We just heard Airship, Airbusking, and Crucible from my guest, Graybeat. Robin is back with us. Now, these all came off of the Elemental Rhapsody album that uh, is your latest release. Uh, this came out, uh, it was springtime around April, right? April, May, that time. We... I had some singles come around that time, and July 10th, July 10th. was the official. Right, because I remember we, I was trying to remember the last time we talked. Um, I remember it was right about the time my family went on vacation, so I was trying to remember when that is, but time during the pandemic is just kind of all mashed together, so I uh, can't really remember when a lot of things happened. Uh, no, but, Groundhog Day every right? day. I know. So we talked about uh, air busking. That one was just, uh, you released some, some artwork for that one. Um, and it's kind of it's released as a as a single now available either as a single or on the full album itself, um, and then uh, we heard Airship and Crucible, um, and I mentioned before Crucible was played on um, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, which is another show that I'm a, I'm a part of. Um, but let's I want to talk about when like podcasts or radio shows pick up your music um, and play your music your work um is that kind of like your your i've made it moment or are those moments do you still feel like that moment hasn't come yet it's incremental um you know i i want to say like every win is a win if that makes sense but that's uh probably not a really good phrase to use it doesn't make any (laughs) sense um but no, I mean, uh, everything I do is extremely incremental. Um, you know, uh, I think every stream on Spotify, I get like a hundredth of a cent or something. So, right. um, you know, I, I joke a little bit, but much like a microtransaction, I feel like um, little by little uh, really is the name of the game, you know, and whatever you're doing, whether it's music uh, or not, but you know, if you have a creative endeavor that you want to explore, you know, it really takes some dedication. Yeah, I can't discount uh, every little time I get my music played. Uh, you know, if it's a free stream on SoundCloud, if uh, it's a podcast, great. You know, I love to know that uh, my music is getting out there, um, and I know that. Uh, the longer really Elemental Rhapsody, Whalestrom have been out there, now my live show, that it's building. It's building towards uh, an outcome that I I see in my future. Yeah, is a positive one and one that, uh, you know, I can continue to do for a long time. Awesome. That's really good to hear. Um, now, with the, your album, you were um, planting trees um, or you, you hooked up with an organization that would plant a tree yeah. uh, was it for every album sale uh yeah every cd purchase um you know i almost feel like i need to credit dave Grohl for this one but a couple of decades ago he did this and i remember that was first time i heard about you know sort of the environmental impact of cds and manufacturing and uh you know that was around the time when digital downloads were available mm-hmm. um but, you know, it still wasn't king in the terms of the way that people consume music yet, I don't think. Um, you know, CDs were still big. And um, I don't know. I made this uh, album, Elemental Rhapsody, uh, about 
uh, Graylian's uh, experience with climate change. And so whether or not I thought of Dave Grohl at the time, I somehow connected CD manufacturer with carbon emissions. And I thought, well, how can I offset that? I found uh, Tree Nation, who is a great program of different, uh, you know, for tree planting around the world. And yeah, it's really easy for me just to get a couple of trees planted every time, you know, someone wants to go in and grab some of my work. Planted, actually, I think it was supposed to offset something like nine times the carbon of all of the CDs I manufactured. I did that right off the bat. So really, um, you know, every tree that's been planted since is a bonus tree. And mm-hmm. um, it's been fun kind of learning about these different trees around the world and kind of their different uh, characteristics and benefits. <laughs> Do you ever think uh, while you were making this album, you were going to find out a lot about trees and <laughs> different parts of the world, no. and different species of trees? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but, you know, it makes sense. Um, you know, it's, I guess we'll look at it as the world is trying to give me back something too, right? Right. Yeah. There you go. So, um, and tell you have uh, other. Do you have um, vinyl uh, available for Elemental Rhapsody? No. Nope. No, okay. No vinyl, um, although it's a possibility in the future. Sure. Yeah, I I think once, I don't know, I get to that point, I'll be ready to share it on vinyl because uh, I really did envision Elemental Rhapsody being on vinyl. I envisioned the exquisite cover art to be uh, emblazoned on a larger canvas um, right. and experience of the physical uh, merchandise, you know, you know, the artwork involved with putting together the, the CD jacket or the vinyl jacket, get uh, the full experience that way. Yeah. It's a album actually that I have set up uh, where it works perfectly to put on vinyl because not only is it mastered that way, but also, you know, it's uh, long, it's short enough. Um, it's just under, you know, what, pretty much the max length of your standard vinyl. Nice. So there won't be a lot of editing involved <laughs> to get that underneath. No, I think I have in mind maybe which songs would be on side A and B already. Even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you've thought really thought about this then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now definitely. the artwork is available on a poster though, correct? If they want to go, people want to go. Uh, yeah, the poster really... Yeah, um, I call it an art print now. Even, even I call it a poster too. But yeah, it's amazing uh, piece. Uh, it really turned out well um, because um, you know I was looking for a way to get a nice uh, big version of the uh, the CD, like I was talking about. There, it is about the size of a vinyl, and um, it's glossy, full color print. Um, and I even have them on sale right now uh, for the end of the year sale I'm doing on my website. Um, but I ship these flat. It's a relatively heavy paper that we're using. Um, so it's a really nice piece, uh, whether you want to frame it or not. Um, it would work great. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, I have a, a good, you know, setup so they don't get damaged as well. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's beautiful artwork. So it would look great in large, like you're saying. Um, I can see it over your shoulder. Listeners don't know, but you and I are doing this interview via video conference, so <laughs> so right. I can see that right over there. You've got a nice setup. If you're ever on like a, a news show, your background would be judged and, and graded really well, I think. <laughs> Excellent. 
Um, kudos to a little-known Wisconsin artist. Um, you can't see it here right now, Mike, but if I ever were to be on an important show like that, I would take down some of my foam. And we have this, uh, it's a piece of art from the 70s made by, I think, a gal in the Eau Claire area. Okay. You would not know it's actually made out of vinyl floor tiles really? from Menards. Yes. Wow. That's I mean, maybe quite it's amazing. from somewhere else, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, Lowe's or Home yeah. Depot or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So that landed in uh, my lap, and that was well before the studio started. The rest really uh, just came together. It was effortless almost. Right. Now, let's talk about your studio coming together. Did you ever imagine having so many gadgets and electronic equipment like the microphone you're talking into or the foam that is on your wall in the background? I mean, uh, no. when you keep adding things, do you say, I can't believe I get to do this? Yes. Yes, I do. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure my partner does as well, <laughs> uh, who shares the space with me. She, uh, yeah, has been there through this all and really, um, yeah, also sacrificed part of the uh, space that we share for this uh, ever-expanding and sprawling endeavor. Um, you know, even though I have fairly limited hardware for a studio, I've tried to keep it real nice and neat. Um, yeah, it's really uh, more than I ever imagined when I began with just a laptop, um, a, a small desk, and some headphones, really. It's usually how it starts, right? I mean, you start small, and then as you, like, yeah. one day you sit back and go, holy cow, how did, I, how, how did all this happen? And then, <laughs> you know, now it's just like, sweet, look at all this. <laughs> it is. It is. And, um, you know, I would, for anyone wondering how to start doing, working in audio or even visual stuff, really, I mean, start small. Um the rest will come. Um, you know, I have people sometimes ask me, you know, what would be, would this be good? Should I start with this or that? And, you know, I didn't start with hardly anything. Um, so it really doesn't matter. Um, you figure the rest out as you go. As long as you uh, start doing it and you realize that you really like doing it, um, you're good to go uh, it, for the most part, you know. Right. Um, you know, that's the biggest hurdle for some people, uh, to get started. Yeah. That's also, it's a good advice. Start small. Cause like you said, you don't know if you're going to like it, uh, you know, and then you haven't invested too much money into it. Um, but you know, like anything else, there's this, you know, you have to invest somewhere and you might as well start small and see how it goes from there. And then if it starts to pick up or if it's something you really like to do, then you can start investing more money into it. So can I, uh, credit someone actually for some advice? Um, absolutely. You had asked me this last show and I didn't come up with anything good, but what's the best advice I think you asked me that I've received. And, you know, one thing that sticks out that's really relative to making music and getting started is, um, you know, we are just speaking phrases through our instrument, whatever that is, if it's voice, if it's guitar, uh, drums even, um, you know, just like I would argue that you could sing. <laughs> um, yeah, I would argue that if you can come up with phrases, you could play an instrument. So 
Uh, and it, it applies to production as well because I don't think it's necessarily advantageous right off the bat to start worrying about the technical aspects of music theory, for example, when you're just getting started. Um, unless that's something that really drives you to get started. Um, so the advice that I'm speaking of is actually from uh, one of my mentors back at McAllister College, So Mensa, director of the African Music Ensemble. They uh, just got over with uh, one of their anniversary shows and... Um, you know, he's the one who said that, you know, it, it, I, I'm paraphrasing, but really it's just phrases. And, uh, when you kind of break down those barriers, um, you know, to, to creation, um, you know, you know, really the sky is the limit. So I just wanted to share that piece of advice. Awesome. That's good advice. Actually, just, you know, if you're getting started as a musician, uh, no matter what you're doing. What uh, what have you been doing outside of music during this pandemic? I think when we talked the last time, um, it was still kind of it wasn't early, but it was still we're not eight you know it's eight months into it now, nine months into it, um, wherever we're at. Like you said, the Groundhog Day thing, everything just kind of jumbles mm-hmm. together. Um, but what else have have you been doing to to occupy your time when you're not? doing gray beat music what are what are some of the things you're doing outside of music you know really one of the biggest things that i've been doing is reconnecting with people if that makes any sense sure um so yeah i mean we are in a point where we're seeing each other a lot less i think a lot of us feel farther away from maybe some of our friends than we ever felt because we haven't seen them at the party or the birthday party the large gathering uh, even the restaurant, the show, the, you know, music performance, all that, that goes into uh, our normal everyday life, how it was before the pandemic. And um, I've rediscovered that uh, video conferencing is our friend. Um, and it's actually allowed me to set up and talk to people that Honestly, I could have talked to more during the pan or before the pandemic. Um, and so I don't think that's going to change. I think I'm always going to continue to try and reconnect with some of my old music counterparts and people that, um, you know, just because I'm not in physical proximity to, I have kind of lost track of. Um, and so, yeah, that's been, you know, one of the main endeavors for me on a real basic level um you know but aside from gray beat you know it's uh yeah just a matter of trying to expand i i'm looking at um sync uh licensing so that would be uh video film production um and i have a lot of different tracks set up to be synced to film as well um, and that's aside from uh, looking at doing uh, in-studio production for other artists and producers and uh, voiceover work as well. Awesome. Now you were doing, you've been doing other work, um, I think when you sent me some information with uh, MMC, right? Is that, mm-hmm. uh, what, yeah. what does that work entail and what are you doing with them? Yeah, so I've been a, a member of the MMC uh, for over a couple of years at this point, and I largely credit the MMC for 
helping me get into the spot where I am now in terms of being able to do a live performance and the way that I'm doing it. So I'm really giving back to the MMC right now. And uh, yeah, just looking to help uh, with their endeavors as far as creating uh, live stream platforms. Um, you know, they've been doing some shows, which I was a part of here recently as well, and will be in the future. But um, there are a lot of technical issues involved with getting uh, someone like me, who is a primarily electronic musician, who also has some graphics and things that are going on. Um, you know, really anyone who's more than uh, maybe singing and playing guitar into a single mic, uh, you know, which is probably the most common live stream setup. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, working with trying to expand out and be able to, um, yeah, still keep uh, the community aspect of the MMC Minnesota Music Coalition going. And um, if you're not familiar with them, um, I would definitely check them out at MM musiccoalition.org. Um, if you're an artist, you could become a member or anyone can donate. Um, there are a lot of different programs uh, that they had each year. And again, uh, it really is due to some of their programs uh, where I made some of the connections to find out about some of the technology available even um, and just really kind of the value of uh, looking to develop a live show uh, even back a couple of years ago before uh, it actually happened. Nice. Now, have you, during this pandemic, has your cooking skills, uh, have they gotten better or worse? <laughs> uh, the same, if you can believe that. So I, before the pandemic, pretty much cooked for myself at every meal. So <laughs> uh, it's really the same routine, I guess. Um, the fun part is, uh, you know, my wife, uh, she's been able to enjoy uh, some of my cooking during the day um, instead of just the evening, you know, every evening um, as well. So, yeah, if, uh, you know, my my diet is probably nothing that anyone's going to <laughs> fawn over. Um, but it is, you know, I try to uh, keep it varied. I, I, you know, use vegetables and uh, I try to go organic as much as possible. I've come up with some excellent ways to cook tofu. So nice, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. And and it's a challenge to to get that right. I I found that uh, when we started this endeavor a few years ago. All right now, how many different ways can you cook tofu? Uh, infinite. I, there are ways that, much like when I'm cooking up a song, you know, I might not know uh, that there's a possibility of making a song in a certain way until I do it, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> same with the tofu. Sometimes things just come together and nice. <laughs> yeah. You, you just follow the tongue, you know, like, yeah, you, you want to mix it up. You can't eat the same thing every day, you know, <laughs> same spices. Yeah. Now have yep. you, uh, your, uh, TV watching habits have they changed? Are you streaming more shows? Uh, are you streaming more yeah. movies? Uh, I I guess you and I haven't talked. You know, do you watch sports? Are you even watching more or less of those? I mean, how how has that changed yeah. for you as well? Um, you know, honestly, maybe a little less. Although I've gotten more into Netflix as of late, um, and a lot of that came out of my ambition to. Uh, connect with uh, music managers. And so I'm very attentively listening to all of the musical placements on these shows. Um, 
yeah, in hopes to basically do some research while I'm kicking back at the end of a day. Nice. It's a good way to use your uh, your Netflix subscription is and take notes on how you can <laughs> forward yourself you mean, professionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you mean my mom's net, Netflix subscription. Right? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's what my kids do too. They use my Netflix subscription, so they're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, she'd be um, she'd be upset if I didn't. Right, right. I know parents are that way. It's really odd how that goes. So it's like you don't <laughs> want anyone else to use it, but as long as it's your kids, it's quite all right. So, although I do find myself when uh, my kids do sign in on a new device, and I get the the email telling me that there's suspicious activity, I immediately text them, all right, who's using the Netflix? I just want to make sure I don't bump any of you off. So, Right. Uh, it's amazing. Well, someone's how, trying to get in there. Right. It's amazing how some of these streaming services are making so much money when people are sharing accounts with everybody. So, But that's a secret. Nobody knows that. Nobody does that. So, Oh, nobody. <laughs> nobody at all. <laughs> so have you gone down the, the Disney Plus route or anything yet? We haven't done that, but... I'm uh, strategically attacking the Disney Plus. Um, okay. As soon as I can get two seasons of Mandalorian for free, I'm ready to go. Um, and you know, I think I figured it out. If I if we watch like at least a few episodes a week, uh, we should be able to get that in before the uh, trial expires. Nice. That's that's the way to do it. Is to to figure it out strategically and get it done that way. So. We uh we get we got the uh, the HBO Max thing going on here. So um, with the phone plan we have for the cell phone, we get that HBO Max. So we're really excited about the Warner Brothers dumping their movies the same day it goes to theaters next year. So I don't think a lot of directors are happy about that, but for me, that's a plus. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I for example would have watched probably Bill and Ted, but didn't like so. I feel like maybe they realized that there were other people like me who hadn't quite gotten around to, you know, shelling out the 20 bucks. Right. Um, And I'm excited just because, yeah, it feels like a little bit of normalcy in my life, even if it's a little different. It's the closest thing probably to, uh, um, you know, feel like you have that same access. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little crazy. It's too many streaming services, though, I believe. There's, <laughs> you can't keep up with everything, and now every network has their own, so you're going to really have to pick and choose. But that's the way, you know, that's full circle to our Internet conversation at the very beginning. That's the Internet for you. So Exactly. You don't have HBO2 Max yet? Uh, not yet. I'm sure it's coming, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there'll be you know HBO Family Max, and they'll just figure out ways to keep keep that money source coming in. So, <laughs> oh, definitely. So, well, yeah, exactly. This is the uh, 9:45 show on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. Uh, my guest is Robin, aka Graybeat. Um, and Robin, we are right at the end of. Uh, our time here um and if anybody missed anything they can go back and listen uh to the podcast that will be available uh shortly after this is done airing on wfnulp um but earlier in the show we listened to three more songs off of the elemental rhapsody album uh, we listened to airship air busking and crucible um and robin do you want to uh 
tell us uh, where we can find your music again. Uh, plug your social media and your website and and anything else you want us to know about Graybeat before we take off here. Appreciate it. I'll be doing some fan appreciation shows. Uh, I did those back on November 26th where I play two shows in one day, all of Elemental Rhapsody in each show and different versions for each show. So that'll be fun. I'll be doing that on December 24th, uh, probably be about noon and then six o'clock central time. Um, check out my social media on Facebook. I'll have some cover art posts where I'll be detailing really some kind of the in-depth de- uh, in behind the scenes meanings of uh, and symbolisms involved with the cover art and how that relates to the story of Graylian and the music of Elemental Rhapsody. And other than that, um, yeah, just check out graybeat.com. I got my end of the year sale going on until the end of the year. Um, got some great shirts, got some great merch, and even guitar picks. Um, but all my social media links are there. You can check me out at Graybeat Music on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, whatever your preferred platform is. You might even find me on Snapchat. Whoa. Um, if you do, let me know. Uh, maybe I'll start <laughs> posting there. <laughs> and, Gotta get the uh, biggest Snapchat following now. I hope so. Maybe <laughs> there are some younger folks watching um, who use it. I just, it, I feel like maybe it was a generational thing. It just didn't catch on. Right. Yeah. I, I tried using that uh, a little bit. It, I just like TikTok. I just didn't quite get it, so I got rid of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but every every other thing you could imagine, whether it's uh, Twitch, Mixcloud, my YouTube, uh, everything, you'll get the live shows. You'll see, uh, you know, ways you can uh, interact with me, find out more, listen to the new material that I'm coming out with all the time. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great way to uh, stay up um, on what you're doing, um, which is how I know what the heck you're, you're doing every time. So. <laughs> So people want to check that out. You'd stay on top of uh, all of the, all things gray beat music. All right. Well, Robin, thanks for coming on again and talking about uh, your music and, and what's coming up in the future and, and about your tofu cooking skills. I really appreciate that. Um, and My pleasure, Mike. I want uh, listeners to stick around because at the end of the show now, uh, we got some new music from tribal country uh, he was on uh, with Marku uh, earlier in the year. Um, I want to say January or February. February, excuse me, right around that time. Uh, but the new Tribal Country EP is coming out at the end of the year. And we're going to play a new song off of that EP called The Road. And then we're also going to play another song uh, that you've heard on this radio station uh, before, um, but it might be new to you um, on the podcast. Uh, it's called The River's Winding, The River is Blinding. So thanks for listening to the 945 show on WFNULP.
Leaving behind our trace, the river 